This is the Collaboration Dynamics Podcast, helping you work together better with Judy Reese, X-ray listener, best-selling author, international virtual collaboration trainer, and master of metaphor. Hear more at xraylistening.com. Welcome to Collaboration Dynamics. My name's Judy Reese, and with me today is Harry Key. Hello, Harry. Hello. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, I am what I do with people. I'm a provocative speech and confidence coach, which means I, I challenge people and I push them and I poke them until they laugh and assert themselves. And so it's basically using humor to uh, evoke confident, uh, assertive um, states from people. And what kind of collaborations do you get involved in? What kind of collaborations? As many as possible, really. Uh, the most recent one where, where we met one another was with um, with uh, somebody who's interested in neuroscience, a woman called Amy Brand, who I'd met at some conferences, and she talks about um, the impact of neuroscience on learning and coaching and change. And I, I talk about humor, the role of humor in, in uh, coaching and change. And so we'd, we'd collaborated to, to do something on what the, what neuroscience has to say about laughter and learning. Um, but yeah, I, th I think a lot, I've done a lot of weird different jobs in my life and I would say a lot of them are collaborations. Mm -hmm. So, Oh, I, I gather you used to work in Bollywood. I did. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I was a Bollywood actor for five years. I, um, I, I played the evil white man in, in uh, Bollywood films. I mean, not always the evil white man. Sometimes I was an auctioneer or a concierge or a <laughs> flight steward, but most of the time I was shooting and shooting and, and um, pillaging the Indian people. What a fascinating claim to fame, but I don't know whether that counts as a collaboration for you. I don't, know, I don't know if it counts as a collaboration for me. Um, it's certainly, I guess the way I look at collaboration is a little bit like you're, you're using the difference between two people or two things to make um, the sum of their parts somehow greater. And I think I learned a lot from Bollywood, but it is a giant big beast in all of the films or ads or TV shows I've worked on were much bigger than me. So I'm not sure it would really be a collaboration because I'm not sure that I brought anything to it that changed it in any material sense. Mm -hmm. Certainly so, not made it any better. I was pretty, <laughs> pretty bad as an actor. I think I reduced the quality of most of the films I appeared in. Sure, that's not true. But for you, collaboration is using the difference between mm. two people. Or two things, I or guess, two, two ideas, yeah. Is there anything else about that? Um, is there anything else about that? There probably is. I think it relates a lot to um, a, a value I I hold quite dear, which is about variety. Mm -hmm. And I think people are best. Pe people are most interesting when things change for them. So people who've, who've grown up in the same town their whole life and have eaten at the same diner or, or I mean, that's such an American thing to say, but, you know, have done the same thing they've always done are, to me, they can be lovely people on the inside, but for me on the outside, I find them boring. Mm -hmm. And collaboration to me is, I guess, what it means to me in a sense is finding somebody who has that difference and then growing and developing from that. And in that, they can grow and develop from the difference in you or in me in this example, I guess. Mm. 
So when you are collaborating at your best, you are like what? I'm like what? I feel like I'm like, uh, I don't know, the, the, the metaphor of a fire is coming to my mind in that, um, but I guess it's quite destructive, isn't it? But, it? but a sense of you sort of, you can throw more things on it, you can feed it. I feel like I don't, um, so at moments with, with the collaboration I did with Amy Brand recently, um, and in other situations like that, I feel like I'm not in control anymore. It's just, it's just very exciting and it's um, growing and it's, and it's becoming new and different things that you couldn't expect beforehand. Mm, so you're not in control anymore and it's becoming new and different things. Mm. And a fire. Is there anything else about the fire? It's a funny metaphor to come up with, isn't it? It's, it's, um, is there anything else about the fire? I think, I think yes. I think if I were to reflect on why it came into my mind and then the very next thought was that it's so destructive, is I guess in some ways I believe that a good collaboration is destructive in some ways, In it burns old things. There, are, there were some things that I said um, if I were to take this most recent one as an example again, to Amy, that she just said, well, no, the, the neuroscience suggests that what you're saying with that is not correct. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I feel, and then I feel, well, that's burnt now. I can't, I'm unable now to go around continuing, continuing to say something that has now been disproven. And so I guess in, in some sense, it's, you, there is a risk involved, isn't there? That, mm. that through that collaboration, you will you will not have access to to old things and old things that may benefit you in some way. Mm. So it is destructive, like that. It burns certain old things. Yeah, I think it is, and I think, I think, I guess for me, in, in that metaphor, that that is the challenge. You need you need to be careful with it, but you also need to have the confidence to to set things alight in that way. Um, one of one another example I can think of is I, I like getting a little bit involved in Reddit, which is an online community, mm -hmm. uh, and its hallmark is is free and open discussion. So people will call one another names and argue with one another. But there's other bits that I like about it in that it's um, it can be in some peculiar ways constructive and quite um, quite illuminating. And I I mentioned in that one in a comment one study that I'd also talked about in a book I wrote which was some work by Amy Cuddy around power poses. So how we hold ourselves physically influences how we are, um, how we feel emotionally and what we think about and how we behave. And I posted that on this site and somebody wrote back and said, well, actually, that was a really small pilot study and there is further studies have come out that suggest that, that when it's properly blinded and when you have a larger sample size, that goes away. And so I guess in that sense, that it felt to me in that metaphor of a fire like I had this precious thing that I'd, gone into print being published saying I believed in that I've then thrown onto this fire and it's now been burnt and now I have to look at how I how I talk about the relationship with with, with our body and our brain in a different way now mm, how interesting because I, I also quote Amy Cuddy's study as well so uh, I must look into mm. that um, uh, yeah, well, in that case, I would say um, it's it's not a, a don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's the, the follow up studies have failed to show a result, but that mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's not there. And there are many other studies that predate Amy's that have been um, 
that have been verified, which suggests that our behaviour and how we are physically. So there is a study that shows um, nodding our head will change our perception of our own opinions. So mm-hmm. we will become stronger in our own opinions if we nod our head while we think about something. Um, same as people writing CVs, if they sit up straight or while they write them, they will write, they will gauge the uh, honesty of what they wrote down much more highly than if they slumped while they wrote. So there, there are some, I wouldn't say it all the way. Oh, there's lo- loads. Have you, have you come across Simona Schnall in Cambridge? I have not, but I will. Um, would I like forget to. What, what, her, what her official title is. She's basically uh, pr- um, a professor or something around embodied cognition in Cambridge. Oh, fantastic. Excuse me, clattering. I'm going to now have to add that to a list because otherwise <laughs> I'll lose it. Um, but this right. is also one of the beauties of of, of the collaboration, because you, you say something you know, and it's and it's the internet's wonderful, but it won't bring things to you in ways humans can. So thank you for that, Simona Schnell of Cambridge. Did you say? Yes, and I, I went up, up there to see her, and we had an, a really interesting chat around this, um, what she understood around embodied cognition, which of course is an enormous field of how mm. the brain and the body interact. But also we were talking about why she didn't write the popular book on embodied cognition, which is so desperately needed Mm. Um, and what would need to happen for her to do that. Now, that's probably not a a story for a public podcast. You know, that even just a conversation like that can be a collaboration, can't it? That She she learned stuff from me about how the worlds of coaching, NLP, clean language... Um, approach the body-brain connection and mm. of course I learned loads from her about what formal studies were going on um, she had some really interesting stuff about the fact that if you've um, had a sugary drink mm-hmm. you will uh, see you'll perceive the slope that you're about to walk up as less steep goodness gracious that's an interesting one isn't it yeah because you've got more energy, your body goes, your body must be looking at that and thinking, I can handle it, so I'll adjust it. That's fascinating, isn't it? This is so, why, oh, so that's that really interesting. Even, and that, because that one doesn't even go through consciousness. Mm. Um, they, they gave people sugary or sugar-free Ribena. Goodness. And the difference was very clear. I also heard of a study in, I believe it was Israel, where somebody was writing down how likely it was you were to be paroled. And what they found was because the parole hearings are heard by a single judge in Israel, they found that if you were went up for your parole hearing just before lunch, when the judge is cranky and hungry, <laughs> you were much, much less likely to get paroled than just after lunch, at which point he's a little bit tired and has just been fed. So he probably <laughs> thinks you're not such a bad person. So, yeah, it is fascinating to me what happens yeah, just by consuming things or being surrounded by different things or sitting or standing in different ways that can happen outside our awareness to me is just fascinating. Mm. So to go back to you and collaboration, mm. when, so it, for you, collaboration is like a fire or you are like a fire? I feel like collaboration is like a fire. It's like two people bringing their precious things and deciding to build a fire mm-hmm. and then and then feeding it and it being something beautiful and interesting and th- something that changes things but something that will, by its very nature, have to destroy some of those things. Mm-hmm. And it will have to destroy some of them and 
what happens to the others? I'm not sure if this is where it breaks from the metaphor of a fire, but it, but for me, some of the others, I guess it still could be like a fire, couldn't it? It's, it to me, it's some of the others, it perfects them. It's, it's sort of, it melts them and reforms them and they come back out, I guess, like tempering steel almost, mm-hmm. that, they, that they go in and then they come back out and they're much stronger than they were before. They're, they're, more, they're more powerful, they're more useful, they're more beautiful in some ways. So like tempering steel, more powerful, more useful. Mm. And it melts and reforms them and perfects them. Yeah, maybe perfects is the wrong word. I have a funny relationship with that word, although I did just say it. Um, Mm. But yes, it certainly changes them and makes them better in some ways. Mm. And you also mentioned that the process was illuminating, which of Mm. course is a feature of fire as well. Absolutely, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, it is. It's it's definitely illuminating in that. Mm, it's it's so easy to sit at home and and think deeply about things, and and I think all of us do that. And many of us sit at home, think deeply about things, and then think, aha, I've I've found the answer. I I now know enough. And I guess in that illuminating way that fire has, it sort of dances and creates new shadows, but brightens things up in a way where you suddenly realize, oh, I've been totally wrong about this for quite some time. Or, my goodness, that's an interesting and new way of looking at things. That's, that's helped in, in the way I look at it now. Mm. And when it's a fire like that, and it can be illuminating like that, and for, with some things it melts and reforms them like tempering and steel, mm. and other things it, it burns them. Mm. I've got an example of that, actually, mm. now that you said that back to me like that. Uh, and that was when I was discussing this plan, when I was planning this event with um, with Amy Bran, I, we sat in a cafe and we were talking and I was saying, I, I, don't, I don't understand enough about neuroscience, but could, you, could we talk a bit about oxytocin? Because I've understood it's this hug chemical that is released in your brain when you hug somebody and it's, and it's, been, it's been found to be at an eleva- elevated levels once somebody's laughed. Um, and so I think that there's something about how laughter bonds people to one another through that oxytocin. And she said, well, look out because you're, it seems you've got one half of the oxytocin picture and that's what most people have. The other thing is is that it, it's more rather than just a good feeling chemical, it's actually a magnifying glass so that if you're sitting in the corner of a room and you're feeling very alone, even though that there are other people in the room, if somebody comes over and talks to you to try to get you to join in the conversation, it will release oxytocin and the effect of it in that situation will, will we believe will be actually um, like a magnifying glass in that it will um, exacerbate those feelings of loneliness. You'll think, oh, they're just coming and talking to me or what do they want? Or, and I thought, oh, goodness, that's kind of scuttled the thing I was saying about laughter being so powerful at drawing us together. Oh, but And so in that way, it, it burnt that, that, that thought. But then I came we came back around to it later where she said well what you're actually talking about is honesty and what is probably exacerbating somebody's feeling in that situation that's causing that release of oxytocin is a feeling of dishonesty so it oxytocin then it it, it then reformed and took a new place in in the um in the discussion so i think that's that's what i'm talking about with this sort of i had to throw away this old idea that i was going around saying well oxytocin is a good thing Mm-hmm. And say, well, it's actually on both sides of that. If somebody's feeling constantly lied to and, and 
they're not challenged enough, then they see themselves as weaker and many interactions, the nicer people are to them, the stronger that feeling will grow. And then challenging them with humor could cause them to release the serotonin and the dopamine that comes with feeling happy and laughing. And then that oxytocin will magnify then that, that positive feeling of, of um, laughter and togetherness. Mm -hmm. So that new conception of how these hormones work, mm that's been melted, been reformed, and is stronger. Exactly. Like that tempered steel. Yeah, exactly. And what difference does that make? The difference that that makes with the tempered steel is, to use a mil oh goodness, that's my laptop, I'm sorry. Uh, the difference that that makes in that it's now tempered is I feel um, if I'm talking to another neuroscientist, for example, or if I'm talking to somebody who really knows their neuroscience, I now have a weapon, have something that can't, isn't quite so brittle, isn't quite so weak and can't be broken as easily. And what I would have had before was a sort of, was a flimsy little bit of, you know, much softer steel to go into those discussions with. So I, I feel I, I, I feel better armed in that way to have, particularly to have those more difficult discussions where people say, what is an ex-Bollywood actor doing talking about neuroscience and behaviour? <laughs> so we'll check out this giant sword I've got, chop. <laughs> so I think that's what collaboration does. It, it, it means that through breaking those, those brittle things and through melting them down or setting them up in smoke, what you're left with at the end is perhaps fewer but they're much stronger and much more useful and more likely to be true. Mm -hmm. So I suppose the critical question is, well, when that's the process with the fire like that, mm -hmm. where do fires of that kind come from? Where do fires of that kind come from? Uh, where do they come from? I've almost got a feeling it's like a, it's, it's, they, they come from the arsonist. They come from the firebug in that I, when I was at university, we were renting a house and we had a big backyard that didn't have a gate on it. And one morning I was looking out the back window, eating wheat picks, about to go off to university and two kids came into the backyard, walked up to the uh, clothesline where I had a bed sheet and set it on fire. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I chased, I chased one of them out the front and I grabbed him and then I took him back to his parents' place. And it was the moment I got to his parents' place, it became clear why he was wandering around setting people's bed sheets on fire because, <laughs> because there were problems, you know, the, the, the other kids weren't even going to school and the mum came out and said, Oh, I've been, I've been waiting for somebody to tell me what he's been getting up to. And I went, Oh goodness, this is the problem. You know, this is why this kid's going around burning things. And I think it's, so where does it come from? I think it's from a partly from an excitement that the the fire where it comes from, and partly from a I don't know to strip things away to think well these are all good ideas but they're just mine. So when I collaborate with somebody else, when I say to somebody else, let's go start a big fire, um, we're both putting our prized possessions, our beliefs, on at risk. And it come that must come from inside me. I think, in some sense, a dissatisfaction, a 
a feeling that I might have something wrong, that, that things might not sit better, but also a sense of celebration. So I want to bring people together. I want people to all sit around a giant campfire and laugh and sing and have fun and enjoy themselves and learn new things and maybe chuck a few of their possessions on the fire too. Mm-hmm. And is there anything else about that campfire when everyone's sitting around it like that? Oh, it's great. It's so much fun. I mean, the, the one that's present in my mind is is that event. And I thought, I thought it was lovely because to, to stick with that metaphor, there were people arguing um, at points uh, saying, well, what you're talking about is all good and well to be funny, but what you're talking about is sometimes just nasty. And in some senses, I guess you could look at that as them trying to throw a bucket on the fire, but I don't think they were. I think what they were doing was saying, here's this prized possession of mine, a belief that we should be nice to one another. And I'm putting it up for discussion. So I'm throwing that on the fire because I want to see how that comes out. And we, it then led to a really interesting discussion, which was me talking and Amy talking. But most interestingly, it was other people there who turned up to listen to a talk and it became a discussion. Well, is it really nice to say something nice to somebody if it's not honest and if it's not helping them? And and so in that sense, when people are sitting around and it's, it's like they're going through a vulnerability themselves, that they're exposing themselves to a state of vulnerability. And, um, and it's beautiful. We laughed a lot. And I was laughing till I nearly cried and people thought it was a lot of fun. And, and from memory, the person who said that got to the end and through the things I'd been saying and Amy had been saying and other people had said, they said, I think you're right about that. I think what I've been doing typically is being nice to people, but I've been protecting my own feelings in that. And I've been letting people get off the hook or do do naughty things just because I wouldn't want to be so unkind as to tell them what an annoying person they are. I so nearly said a very unclean word then. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. So when you're involved in a collaboration like this, like Mm. that fire and you're, there's the campfire and you're chucking your precious things on it and so on. And some things are being melted and reformed and all Mm. that stuff is happening. Mm what's happening to challenge what's happening to challenge uh, challenge is almost like the effigy it's almost like the the whole fire is that it's uh, it's reminding me now the the those pictures i've never been i would love to go a bit of burning man mm-hmm. you've built this giant thing and it's almost in some sense as a challenge to the gods that we can build something so enormous and set it on fire. So what's happening to challenges, it's growing and it's getting bigger. It almost is the fire in a sense. It's, it's eating things, but it's, it gets bigger and it makes things better. Challenges that in order to, in order to do it and make that collaboration a success, I need to be willing to be challenged and welcome it. And so does Amy. And so does everybody who comes into the room. They need to be, to, to challenge themselves to say, I guess in some senses, I'm not sure I'm thick-skinned enough. I guess I'll find out. Mm-hmm. And so what's happening to challenge is as the other things are being burnt and broken, it's getting bigger and it becomes like a beacon, like a signal to people for miles around that you can go, whoa, somebody, something, somebody's doing something interesting over there. Um, mm-hmm. and, and in that way inspires other people to want to do the same thing. I, you know, have you ever seen somebody change their mind in public in front of a group of people? 
doesn't it's, happen very often. Exactly. And it's so rare that the few times I have seen it where somebody like, like this person at the event went, oh, I hadn't thought about it that way. I'm, I'm like, that's like they're chucking a really big flammable thing on this fire and it's re- you can now see it for a long way and everybody else goes, goodness, that must have been scary. I'm sure that had a desk. <laughs> you know, that desk had a lot of drawers full of stuff in it that you mm-hmm. quite like. But in another sense, they go, goodness, that must be freeing. You, you can now wander around without dragging that around with you and how brave you must have been. And I think in, in that it, it incites a desire to feed the fire and other people. Mm. That's exciting. Mm. It really is. I've never thought about it in this way before. Mm. Well, thank you very much indeed for sharing your metaphors and your thoughts on the topic. Um, as we're coming to the end of our time, I always ask uh, my interviews, interviewees, um, if people want to contact you and talk more about this, who should contact you and how can they find you? Anybody can contact me. Uh, the, the best way to find me is either my personal website, which is harrykey.com, which is H-A-R-R-Y-K-E-Y.com, or my company, we do um, training and coaching particularly around presentation skills. So while, while we've been talking about challenging people with humour, that's an underlying current of how we do what we do. But we, challenge, we mostly focus on presentation skills and making people more confident and assertive and interesting. And so they can go to weignite.co.uk, which is whiskey echo ignite, all one word, .co.uk. Um, or find me on Twitter at Harry Key and tell me how horrible I am. Now, I can't let this close having just heard your website address mm. without asking is there a relationship i hadn't noticed uh, that's really interesting is there a relationship between ignite like that and the fire with the effigy i guess at some level there must be mustn't there um what format it certainly wasn't it certainly hadn't consciously occurred to me at any stage um but i think i think there is i I think that part of the part of the way that we came up with that name for a company was we recognized that all through coaching and training you you, it's very very difficult and unlikely to fix people um typically what you do is is you is you can ignite in them something some desire to go to go and i guess following back on from the metaphors ignite some desire that they go and throw things on a fire somewhere isn't that interesting i mean it i'm used i'm used to it because i play with people's metaphors all the time but that kind of experience have you just talked a whole load about burning effigies and all that kind of stuff you've talked for the best part of half an hour about it and (laughs) you didn't connect it with the your your own um website now your own company no in hindsight though it would have it would have all seemed a bit too slick if i'd have done that but (laughs) my company let me talk a little bit more about what i do um (laughs) no that is quite interesting i have to have a think about that whether that's um oh it's that accidental plagiarism i mean plagiarizing myself but you know when you accidentally (laughs) say something that somebody else has said before and you think it's original my my sense would be that the same you who was um talking with your colleagues to, to come up with the company name um, is still the same you at, at some level that's talking about, well, this is how I think about my stuff. The metaphor mm. is is deeper. It is quite fundamental to who you are rather than, um, you know, being surface dressing. 
Yeah. Uh, so it will keep on recurring. Yeah, so, and, uh, and, and what what we notice as we do work with people's metaphors is the same kinds of metaphors recur for people over decades. That's really interesting. So what does this mean about me? <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> Well, that would that would be a whole other question. <laughs> well, thank you very much for exposing that to me. I think I need to go and lie on a couch and figure out how it is that I manage that. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your metaphors. Really appreciate it. And thank you for um... bringing them out of me. I'd never thought of them before. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Okay. Cheers. Thank you. Mm -hmm.